0: hallelujah. Isn't God good? Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just go before the Lord in a brief word of prayer. Just want to thank him so much. Father God, thank you for this time of worship. Thank you, Father God, that you sent your only begotten son to pay the penalty for our sins when we didn't even love you. You still loved us enough to send Jesus. When we didn't even love you, Jesus loved us enough to lay down his life for us. So, Father, we just want to declare this morning that we love you back and that we are grateful. Be ex- continue to be exalted, Lord. Speak to our hearts, Father God. Convict us where we need convicting. Reveal truth to us where truth needs to be revealed. Revealed. Encourage us where we need to be encouraged. Lift us up where we have fallen. Of your goodness, cause us to repent where repentance is needful. Help us draw near to you, Father God. We give this time to you. We give the rest of this time to you as well, Lord, and we just say be glorified and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. I only got about an hour and a half of material, so we should be all right. Hallelujah. I got a little bit of a a different angle that uh I felt the Lord wants me to go here on Easter Sunday. Resurrection Day Sunday, amen? And picture for a moment, if you will, I want to get your eyes on this cross here. And I want you, as, as, as best as you can, To just imagine our savior. Nailed to it. Hands and feet. In agony. Beaten beyond recognition. Pierced in his side. Back torn to shreds. not for anything that he did, but but for the sins of, your, of of you and me. That is something to be thankful about, isn't it? Not only that he suffered that cross, but that he conquered that cross. Because if he did not, if he was not raised we would have no hope. But we have hope because he was raised. Amen? We celebrate the cross not just because he suffered it, but because he rose again. Verifying he was who he said he was all the time. He wasn't crazy. He wasn't delusional. He was the only begotten son of almighty God. He was God come in the flesh to reconcile man to himself. Amen. Amen. But I believe the Lord wants me to kind of give you a peek into the events that happened before the cross. To give us a a little insight into the son of man side of Jesus. To show us that he can relate to the trials, the tribulations, the struggles, the anxieties, the fears, the doubts, the agonies. Not just that he can relate, but he can show us the way to walk through them. Amen? It's not my main text, but let's uh, go to Luke chapter 23. get this down eventually. Luke chapter 23. And I'm just going to go to verse 44. I'm going to go I'm going to highlight a couple of things that happened on the cross, then we're going to walk it back and talk about some things that led to the cross and the things that Jesus endured. In verse 44, now it was about the sixth hour, and there was darkness over all the earth until the ninth hour. Then the sun was darkened, and the veil of the temple was torn in two. And when Jesus had cried out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands i commit my spirit hallelujah john 19:30 he says it is finished Last utterances before he finally gave up the spirit into God's hands and died. But before that, Matthew 27, verse 46, he utters something that I think gives us a peek into that human side, that side that I can relate to, that side that can relate to me. He says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? I don't feel you. Where are you at? Have you ever felt that way? Come on now, I know more than five or six people have felt that way. Let's get real, y'all. It struck me even more so than normal when reading about the cross, when reading about the trials and the the passion of Jesus Christ in those final days before he paved the way for our redemption. We're going to be coming back to that statement. But let's go to Matthew chapter 26 and 36. And that's going to be the main text that I'm going to be preaching out of today. And as you're going there, I want to give you a backdrop. Because we're not going to read the entire chapter of 36. But I want to give you a backdrop of what's happened up to this point. The die has been cast. The game is now afoot. The enemy has checkmate in his sights. A sinister plot has been crafted at the palace of Caiaphas, the high priest. It's not a matter of if they will kill Jesus. It's only a matter of how and when. Shortly after that, in the town of Bethany, something strange yet very special happened at the home of Simon the leper. A woman entered, approached Jesus, opened a flask of very expensive fragrant oil, and anointed the Lord's body with it. The disciples, (laughs) they were incredulous. They could hardly believe their eyes. Why would she waste such expensive oil? They had no idea what she was doing. If she wasn't going to use it, she could have at least sold it. Then the money could have been used to bless the poor. But Jesus reprimands them. And we find that what she did has great significance. She anointed the Lord's body for burial. You know, I I wonder how much revelation she was given in that moment. You ever thought about that? Whether God spoke to her in the spirit and revealed to her what the Savior was about to suffer and the significance of what she was being called to do. Though scripture doesn't even feel it necessary to mention her name. You know, yet Jesus says as long as the gospel is preached, what she did here today will also be spoken of just imagine the scene she walks up in the house wouldn't surprise me if she didn't even knock she was on a mission I'm thinking about the woman with the issue of blood she didn't care about the whole crowd all she saw was Jesus and she was on a mission she knew that if she could touch him she could be made whole this woman was on that kind of a mission I say this woman, I'm giving you a backdrop, I'm sorry. She was on a mission. And I wonder if in that moment, if she had information, if she had revelation that the disciples still did not have, and she just went about her business. The value of that fragrant oil didn't matter to her. It probably cost her all she had. But it was worth it. Jesus is that valuable. Jesus is that important. Jesus means that much. She poured the oil on his head. Just turned the bottle upside down. And you can see that fragrant oil just going from head to feet. The disciples grumbling. Mad over the monetary loss. And Jesus said, shut up. Well, all right, hold your horses. Calm, simmer down, guys. You don't have the revelation yet, but what she's doing is of great importance. But it was strange to them. Then things hit close to home. Think about this. Try to put yourself in this situation. He knows all this stuff is going on. Then things hit close to home. Jesus gets hit in the area of relationship. One of his disciples Judas Iscariot a man Jesus should have been able to trust. Betrays him. Oh, thank you. Betrays him. Whoa. Secretly agreeing to deliver him into the hands of the chief priests. I also think about the disciples. They're like, Hey man, I could I could see Peter, James, John. Oh hey man, Jesus is beginning to talk a little funny, isn't he? His 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 words, his language has has turned a little bit dark. He's he's he, he's talking about being betrayed into the hands of sinners. He's 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 talking about dying. He's he's talking about some things that we're not very comfortable about. His demeanor is different. They're not exactly sure what's going on with him. Something is weighing heavily on Jesus. Which brings us to Matthew 26, verse 36. Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples, sit here. Notice, he didn't go there by himself. He'd been to this place many times. He didn't go there by himself. He brought his guys. He brought all of them, except the one who betrayed him. He brought all of them. He says, sit here. while well, I go over there and pray? You know, when you're going through something or when you have a pending difficult decision, doesn't it help to have someone at least at arm's length? Someone that can be there that you can draw some strength, some comfort from. He draws his boys. And he took with him three of them, Peter, And the two sons of Zebedee, James and John. And all of a sudden, it began to pour out of him. This is the Jesus I can relate to. Amen? He began to be very sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, now he begins to be vulnerable. He begins to be honest, and, and he begins to open up about what's going on inside. He, he, he's got to share it with someone. And he says, he, he my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Think about that. You know, we, we, we get to the cross, and the cross is awesome. And, and, and the victory that was won on that cross is amazing. But, but you know what? We have to, you know, we can't gloss over the process. Yes, he was the son of God, but he was also the son of man. He was fully God. Yes, he was, yet he was fully man. Sometimes we dismiss in our minds, well, of course Jesus could do that. He was God. But he came to redeem us in the flesh. He felt what we felt. He felt what we feel. He went through what we go through, yet without sin. I can trust him because he's been where I'm going. There's no reason for me not to not to know, not to have confidence in the fact that he knows what I'm going through. He empathizes with me. His compassion and love is there for me. And he's going to see me through. Amen? We need to know that. Because he went through all this and it didn't stop him from overcoming the cross. All right? It's, It's okay for things to weigh heavy on you. It's okay to struggle with some anxiety. It's okay to have some fears. It's okay to struggle with doubt as long as you're working through them. Amen? He didn't go through it without having to deal with the humanity side of things. And he confides to the three closest disciples to him, the ones who were there at his transfiguration, Peter, James, and John, the ones who were there with him when he raised Jairus' daughter. I'm bringing all of y'all. Hey, y'all wait here. You three, come with me. You were there. When I reveal my glory, I want you here. Now that I'm about to face the most difficult time in my life. I I need to draw on that relationship. I got an amen right there. Uh, So I'll go, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful even to death. Stay here and watch with me. Stay here. Watch. Don't go to sleep. Don't let your guard down. Watch. The game is afoot. the The, the chess pieces are moving on the board. Uh, we're counting down the final moments till I'm about to pay the ultimate price for the sins of man. I need you guys. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face, and I think, and, and prayed. Now, there's praying, and then there's praying. Alright? You know, th- th- this wasn't a time to stand in a little pious position, you know, with your hands clasped. You know, he didn't have time for that. You know, he was sorrowful. He was grieved. He went, even, he, he, he went, knelt down on his knees, and planted his face on the ground. Have you ever been there? When I'm there, it's serious, boy. <laughs> just reading that just bring, brings me back. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, oh, my father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Then he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And said to Peter, what? Could you not watch with me one hour? So he wasn't just over there praying a couple of minutes. You know, could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Now, the weight of of the sin of the world is upon him. So is the price he's about to pay for the atonement of that sin. It's the 11th hour now, and Christ is facing serious temptation. His faith has come face to face with the ultimate test, and he's struggling a bit. That's not blasphemous to state that. He's not hes not going into unbelief. He's not on the verge of disobedience. But he is dealing with the humanity side of this whole struggle. The spirit, he t- there's a clue in what he said. The spirit is willing. The flesh don't want no part of this, guys. I'm telling you, there'll come a time when your faith is going to face the ultimate test. If not the ultimate test, uh, a a, a test you never imagined yourself having to face. A a, a test that brings you to the end of yourself. And you're not sure where to go or where to turn or what to do. Jesus is at that point and he's struggling a bit. And as a matter of fact, it's more edifying, uplifting, and awe-inspiring to me. You don't have to beat yourself up when you're in a trying time and and, and, and you're struggling and you're crying out and you're wondering where God is in this situation. What am I going to do? You know, you're beginning to feel overwhelmed. I look at this and it's awe inspiring and uplifting to me that my Savior went there too. Does that mean does that mean something to you? He's not up there. Sorry, my mom's trying to call me. That is, a, that is a first, I I'd have to say. Wow. So. <laughs> so, Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. You know what this speaks to me? To me, these words are deep in meaning and significance. I, I, I've already given a, 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 a peek into this. I've already mentioned it, but I'm going to repeat it. One of the things it meant to me, you know, it, it spoke to me was his struggle. The grief and sorrowfulness over what he had to be subjected to what he's on the verge of having to be subjected to, the extreme anxiety he felt, all speak to his humanity. The son of man side And second, the way he struggled against it, the way he battled against it, the way he overcame his internal struggles and brought himself to the point where he could resolutely make the declaration, not my will, but your will. as it says in Hebrews, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. So he had some struggles, but he battled through. He endured. He persevered. He resolved within himself, Lord, this is what I want. How many of you know we can want something really badly and it might not be God's will? I know that shocks you. We can pray really hard and want it really bad, but it might not be God's will. How do we respond in those moments? How do we work through that? How do we come to grips with the possibility that what I'm asking God for may not be what he wants to give me? It may not be in his plan for me. It may not be what he wants to do. how do we resolve that within ourselves and uh, you know, and that's why this spoke to me because it gave me a peek into what Jesus went through and his struggles and how he overcame. I think he he modeled for us how to do it. Let's continue to read on. uh we just finished verse thirty nine he said Uh, Here he goes asking, oh, my father. Now, don't make the mistake of thinking this isn't a prayer in faith. I don't want you to do that. Oh, my father, in verse 39, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. The cup of suffering that he is about to drink of. That's necessary. Because without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission. Amen? Amen what he's about to go through. So, like, Lord, without screwing up the whole thing, is there any way? Is there a plan B? Is there an alternative? Is there a way that this can happen without me having to go through what I'm about to go through? It doesn't mean that he was not resolved to do it. But again, you know, just because, you know, I've never been in the military, but just because you are, you have to be on the front lines doesn't mean you fully embraced it. You know, I used to play football. I was a lot smaller than I am now. You know, 6'2", 198 pounds. Sometimes you have to make a business decision when you're trying to plug a hole against a running back that's 6'2", 240 you know your job, you know your responsibility, you know what the coach wants you to do. And you might do it. But that doesn't mean you had to work, you didn't have to work through some things (laughs) in the process. (laughs) So, that's where we are. And it's like, Lord, if it's possible, let this cup from me. But I want you to know nevertheless, regardless if it comes to that, it's not about what I want, I'm submitted to your will. Then he came to his disciples, found them sleeping, uh, you know, and I used to beat them up a little bit, but I'm wondering, you know, I'm going through another death in the family, uh, uh, this week and be going down to, uh, Texas here, uh, here in a couple of days and, uh, here is Jesus going through this difficult time. He's agonizing. He's sorrowful. He said some things that's got their mind spinning. And here he's called them to go with him and, and watch and, and, you know, and pray. He goes back to them and they're sleeping. You know, I'm wondering if they weren't grieving with him. You know, sometimes when you are, grieving or grieving for someone or grieving with someone you know uh, it's it's amazing and it may be part of the uh i don't know the coping mechanism may be part of it you just get eventually you have to just wind down and sleep seem like the person going through it can hang in there longer than you can But I used to think, you know, that it didn't seem like it meant all that much to him. But as I am, you know, as, as I was reading this and, and meditating on it, I was thinking maybe they were, they were a part of this thing too and that they were actually feeling his burden and his grief. They were actually affected by this and, and it was overcoming them emotionally. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak again a second time so he wasn't done with this thing he went away prayed saying oh my father if this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it your will be done that prayer is a little bit different than the first one if it's possible take this cup away from me if it's possible if it's not you know what It's it's about your will, not mine. Second one, he comes up and he's resolute. If this cup cannot pass away from me, I'm making a declaration right now. If this cup cannot pass away from me unless I drink it, your will be done. When you're going through a difficult time, when you're struggling in your faith or or when you're Struggling with a a, a, a sin, you having difficulty breaking that cycle. What what declarations are you making in the midst of it? Are you making any? Are you? Do you have a mindset to work through it? to get to a point of faith where you're resolute and you're declaring that this is what the word of God says. This is what I'm standing on. This is where I'm going to walk. Or do you let them or or do you let the negative thoughts drown you swarm you? Uh let's read on and he came and found them sleep again for their eyes were heavy. So he left them in verse 44, went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand and the son of man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. All that struggle that you saw in the previous verses, those last couple of verses winds it down. Say, like, Lord, I'm resolved to walk this thing out. And I look at that and I and I think this way The victory that was won on the cross. And we all love it and we're all amazed and we're all amazed by it and we're so thankful for it. But don't you know there was a victory in the Garden of Gethsemane that made the victory on the cross inevitable. Amen. That, 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 that victory in the, in the secret place. That victory in the prayer closet. That, that, that victory that, that not a lot of people get to see. That victory inside. In here. In the heart. You've heard of the scripture, whatever man thinketh in his heart, so is he. <laughs> you know, in his heart, he resolved that, you know what? In, I tell you what, in the, in the Lord, I can do this. This is the will of God. There is a relationship broken that needs to be reconciled. And I love them too much not to see this thing through. Amen? That personal side. He got wobbled a bit. His motions began to overcome him a little bit. the gravity of what he was about to face began to overwhelm him a bit but it ended up being but it ended up being a speed bump on the way to victory Skip on over to Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Believe it or not, I'm almost, no, I'm not going to say that. I talked about that earlier so I want to continue this theme and again I want you to picture in your mind that same savior we got to see his we, we got to see that the son of man side of him struggle the spirit never had a doubt I don't know if y'all remember those right guard commercials where it used to, I believe it was right guard where their slogan was never let them see you sweat. And Jesus had his spiritual right guard on the entire time until the garden of Gethsemane. You know, we see him sweat a little bit. You see me sweat quite a bit. Well, you see him sweat again, sweat, sweat, sweat a little bit. And I'm so glad scripture doesn't hold that, uh, that, that, that part away from us. I'm glad it's all out there. Because it makes a difference to me that my savior went through those same emotional struggles, those same toils, those same difficulties that I face on a daily basis in my walk. And that, and that, and that I can follow him to victory. Amen? Amen. But here it is. He's all, you know, he, he, his back has just been torn to shreds. Crown of thorns on his head. He was given a reed at one point, but they took it away from him and smacked him with it. Beating him beyond recognition with his head hooded and and mocking him. Prophesy who it is that hits you, son of God. He's gone through all of this. They've stripped him of his outer garments and had a craps game to see who would get him. And here is, I think, another instance where that where that son of man comes through. Forty-six, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, ela, ela, lama that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Allow me to take you here for a moment. In the most severe trial of his life. The most severe trial imaginable. Jesus wants the presence and comfort of his father. But for the first time in his life, that is not available to him. You know, it makes me think about my babies, you know. If they were in a, a situation like that and they're crying out for daddy and I can't be there, what that would do to me. But, you know, so when I when I read this, I think about him that's probably the age of one of my kids, that's how I am, you know. And and he's just Dad, where you at, man? You know? He's nailed to the cross. He knows that death is inevitable. He's under no grand illusions. He decided back in Gethsemane that he would endure the cross. But right now, he just wants his father. In his last moments, there's no one at his side, no one to console him. No one to say, I'm here, son. I'm not going anywhere. Hold my hand and hang in there. He's he's out there on the cross going through this without the one that means more to him than life himself. It wasn't about whether he would see this thing through. He made up his mind on that. It's, just, You know what? I'm going through this thing. I'm going to do it. I just want my daddy. Later on, Luke 23, 46, he makes a statement. it says, into your hands. He spoke daddy. I'm coming soon. It's about that time. I've done what you've asked me to do. And I put my trust in you. My spirit is in your hands. You know what? You know, he might have cried, why have you forsaken me? But he still said into your hands. I commit my spirit. I don't doubt your love for me. I know that you're there for me. I know that I can put my spirit in your hands. And he finally said in John 19 verse 30, he said, it is finished. And he died. On that old rugged cross. For you and for me. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter twelve, verses one and two. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, say looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, it tells us to lay aside every weight, those things that would weigh us down, You know, Jesus had to lay aside the weight, the sorrow, and grief, and agony, the emotion of the moment. He had to lay that aside, didn't he? Didn't he? You know, he laid it aside. And the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run not just run for the sake of running, but run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, we just saw him run with endurance, finish the race that was set before him. If he had not done it, you and I wouldn't be here today. And because of him, we have a hope and a future. Because of him, our citizenship is not here, but in heaven. Because of him, this corruptible body, this cor- I'm going to take off this corruption one day and I'm going to put on the incorruption. The incorruptible. Amen? I don't know what I'm going to be like, but I know I'm going to be like him. Amen? Second Corinthians five, verse 17 through 21, you know, you don't absolutely have to turn there, but I'm just going to say part of one of those verses where it says, he became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's the significance of the cross for you. If you are here today and you don't know the Lord, if you're here today and you don't have hope, if you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm here to let you know Jesus did what he did out of love for you. He did what he did so that you could have the opportunity to come to him and be reconciled and receive life everlasting. We live in a world where cynicism abounds, cold heartedness abounds. We live in a world where people have a have difficulty even Loving themselves, let alone seeing why someone would want to love them. Men, just as much as women, we may come from a different, a different end of the spectrum, but we have that same struggle. Some will talk it out, seek help. Others just internalize it. I'm tough, I'm strong. But we lie to ourselves and say, we don't need anybody. I got this. I'm here to tell you to stop lying to yourself. You do need somebody. We all need somebody. We all need Jesus. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. I want to have you stand. (laughs) hallelujah and I'm gonna have the prayer teams come up hallelujah 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 And if, I don't know if you guys have anything you can just kind of play lightly, but if you, if you do, please do so. I just believe the Lord wants to meet you where you're at. If you We're dragged here this morning. You know, Easter, Resurrection Day, didn't really mean a lot to you. You're here because of someone else's dedication. Someone said you had to be here. You didn't know what to expect. And you don't know and you didn't know about salvation being available to you. I want you to know that that Jesus that was preached about here today. That Jesus that went through the struggle that he went through in that garden of Gethsemane. That Jesus that resolved that he would suffer the cross, see it all the way through for the joy that was set before him. That joy was you. That joy was one day seeing you come to him and acknowledge to him that, Lord, I am a sinner. Lord, I am in need of a savior. I'm in need of salvation. And Lord, I repent. I come to you this day. And I ask you to be my Lord. I ask you to be my savior. I come to receive life. If that's you, answer the call. If that's you, run into his open arms. He loves you. He knows everything you've done, yet he loves you. There also may be that person. You're hurting. You're filled with pain. Maybe. Maybe. You know, maybe you've had some hardships. Maybe you've suffered some things at a, you know, at another fellowship. Maybe you have had bad interactions. And it's caused you to, to stray away. It's caused you to say, you know what? I'm not about this. You know, I, I, I just, I, I just don't want to deal with that anymore. You know what? God is calling you to, He's never stopped loving you. if you've backslidden, if you have drawn away from God, if you have gone into the ways of the world and has not been active in walking with the Lord and seeking his face and receiving his love and his healing and his blessing so that you can be all you can be in him. He's saying it's time. Come to him. Let him embrace you like a loving father, let him love on you. Let him make you whole again. Hallelujah. And if you are in your difficult time, if you feel like you are in your personal Gethsemane, if you're feeling like the weight of the world is bearing down on you, Don't talk yourself out of it. Come. And I'm going to ask you to do something in faith. I want you to come. Not to do two things. One, to receive prayer and receive ministry. But two, to make a resolution. You know, not not like a New Year's resolution, but like Jesus, you're going to resolve that you're going to walk through this thing in faith. You're going to resolve not to let that cycle continue to tear you down, but you're going to walk through it in Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if anyone needs prayer, now is the time. I invite you to come up and just let the Lord minister to you. Thank you, Lord.